In J. Allen Hynek's 1972 book, The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry, UFO and extraterrestrial encounters were classified into three distinct categories. Beyond this original classification by the head of the Air Force's Project Blue Book, other scientists following in Hynek's footsteps would later add an additional four categories. Within these additional classifications, you have what are deemed close encounters of the fourth kind. These experiences are characterized by humans being physically abducted by extraterrestrials. Some scientists argue this category should also include experiences where the witness has their reality transformed. Perhaps a near-perfect example of this type of encounter would be the events that took place in 1967 in the town of South Ashburnham, Massachusetts. A case that was marked with such high strangeness that J. Allen Hynek had declined to interview the witness. Only ten years later would notable UFO investigator Raymond Fowler document the incredible experience as details were obtained from numerous sessions of regression hypnotherapy. This case file joined the theorists as they go gaga for quasga in The Andreessen Abduction Case. Theorizing 147, the Andreessen Affair. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Well, back by Buddy, back by popular demand. Why did you do that? Hiatus. As soon as they heard your voice screaming on back, everybody's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, we lost Skip about, it. We lost about a hundred listeners right there. Yeah, right. Thought we he just was gone. Doubled. Number one's back. They're like, baby. man, this podcast was just getting good. Yeah. <laughs> just starting to you, step you know up. what, you Dan, from what I hear, you were right. One is close to zero because when one's gone, the rest of y'all are zeros. Uh, Have you been saving that? Uh, eh? He's been God. working on my desk for a week. Working on that. Better yet, you know, <laughs> the guy got so upset with the brand new uh randomatron option, the beak braden option, he broke it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even fucking work anymore. Smashed it. Wait, you guys did a beak braden option? I think yeah. I pulled that. And you pouted and you broke it. Yeah. It was a good one. It was one of the best segments we've ever done. You guys done. are gonna make me you're gonna have you guys are gonna make me listen to a whole episode where I don't get to listen to my own voice. <laughs> are you kidding me? I can't sit through that. It's one more than I've listened to, so that's good. Yeah. Um Affair. This one's awesome. Yeah, it's I love this cool abduction case. case. Um, why don't we get right into it? Straight into him. Straight into it. Uh, the Andreessen uh, abduction case uh, comes from us. The event in question that we're going to talk about is took place on what was January 25th, 1967 in the small town of South Ashburnham, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. It's I had a, I looked up two things about this because it said that this happened at 6 30 PM uh, the night of the abduction. And I was like 6 30 PM January, like, in Massachusetts, I had to look up, and that is 6.36, January 25th, 1967, was actually the astronomical twilight, which is the darkest part of the night. So it was dark, because I was like, there maybe it was, a, how dark was Darkness. it? Darkness. 
Darkness. Right. And according to weather reports, it was also that place is well known for cold fog. As fuck. Or fog. Right? I, cold, yeah, fog was also a common occurrence in this area. So that'll play a part later. Uh so the report of the of the abduction comes from Betty Andreessen. Betty Andreessen was a mother of seven children at the time. Uh her husband uh the month before this had had a pretty bad car accident. He was actually in the hospital at the time. Uh, so her two parents, her mother and father were also in the house, uh, helping with the, helping with the family and the housework and things like, uh, um, in order to kind of take some of the burden off of, uh, just Betty. Uh, so what seemed to happen, what kind of kicked off the whole thing is that at this time you had the lights, you know, around then sometimes 630 around in the evening started to blink. You had this red. Yeah. You had this red light that beamed into the house. So uh, through the kitchen window, I'm assuming it's something similar. If you've ever seen close encounters of the fourth kind, this is what you get during the kind of like when the aliens come to the house. So we had like an electrical interference, like the, all the lights in the house, like all the yep, yeah, lights, TV, from all everything. Accounts, everything was just flickering and kind of going a little it didn't really say like it wasn't like violently or anything, but it just it made it sound it painted the picture in my head from everything I read that everything was just doing that flickering enough that you were do the like the little maybe the side eye and everything and be like what the hell's going on, and all of a sudden would be very startled by a giant bright red light coming from your kitchen window. What year was this? Sorry again. What was the year? City seven. Oh, so before the movie. Yes. Okay. Ooh. Okay. That's there fair. you go. Okay. That's good. Okay. 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 So uh according to the 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 story, Betty's father ran to go look outside of the kitchen window from where the light uh had been seen coming. So he is reported to have seen what what seemed to be five strange looking creatures walking towards the house but not so much walking as they was uh, they, they described yeah they described hopping. some sort of hopping motion and from what we can gather from the father because there's there's kind of conflicting reports of whether the father really wanted to talk about this thing he was very hesitant to come forward at first uh betty remarked that uh when she tried to talk with him about it after the fact uh you know a, f- a few you know at least like a year i think after the the event had happened and she kind of started remembering things. Uh, it, he didn't want to talk about it. Well, but he was, eventually she said like, there was a little bit of, there were some lame excuses. She said that he was worried about, you know, potentially losing his, uh, his income checks, his, you know what I mean? Cause I guess he was, Oh, cause they thought he would have been crazy. They huh? thought he was crazy. And then, you know what I mean? They're like, well, and you know what I mean? Like I'm a man. So obviously they're going to, they're going to make me the center of attention and go after me and make this all about he me. He was like so. a stereotypical old guy in 1967. Like survived yeah. the great depression. Hard man. I mean, he was an immigrant. Hard. Like he had immigrated at a young age from, I think it was Finland. Him and his family. Finland? Oh yeah. And everyone knows Finnish. Those are hard. Hard yeah, they, they bath in ice water. Hard man, eh, yeah. Braden? Yeah. Yeah. Hard man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. What were you Ooh. doing on your vacation again? Yeah. What was happening? What were you here? <laughs> what were you up to? Huh? I don't know. Undisclosed. Undisclosed. Yeah. Cannot tell us. So learning the art of the finish massage. <laughs> 
So another surprising things happen is that when these creatures reach the back door, what they appear to do is they didn't open it so much as they simply seem to walk through it, just phase, kind of phase through the wooden door right into the house. Vision style. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Um, And it's at this point that the entire family is put into what can be described as either a trance or some type of suspended animation is what can we, is going to be described. Can we, can we also, let's talk about their appearance for a second because God damn, were they looking flies? <laughs> well, the biggest thing that jumped out to me when she was described, like I was listening to an interview and she's describing them and I heard like it was enough for me to be like, this is it. I love it. First thing she described was them wearing silver suits, and I just heard Herbie Hancock. There's varying reports because I saw the silver suits, but I the one that I loved was blue overalls with a nice white belt and a white sash going over with their little bird crest on either side as they hi hoed hi hoed into the living room. <laughs> like a sash, uh, like like we're talking like fucking. A pageant sa- sash? Yeah, like what do we yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I'm, I'm guessing it, it it like went from one from the white belt over a shoulder and then back down the other. But goddamn, I need to get my hands on one of these suits because all the artist rendition. I'm assuming that when the artist is drawing the UFO, they're showing Betty and be like, "Is this what they look like? And do what do I need to change?" And Betty must have been like, "Can you give them some badonka donks? I want little alien booties. Like I, they were tight." Those things are tight. I could see them all. They were thick boys, little thick boys. <laughs> Every single one of those artists' rendition is just such a prominent little alien butt. I was like, man, god damn, yeah. those pants are really working for those you're, little. You're very bass. tight, Peach. You're, you're very fucking sexually charged tonight. Bro. Yeah, you are. Hard men and Hard men. thick, tight booties and shit. Like, what's going on with you, man? Alien, alien booties. Did, you went to one of those islands, didn't you? You went to one of those hedonism islands, or whatever. <laughs> sandals. The other, the adult you would side have of a sandals. With this, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> So Braden just got back from Fire Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hedonism too. Misplaced his keys, if you know what I mean. So these creatures were like, what were they? About four feet tall, most of them. And then they thought one might have been the leader because it stood a foot taller. Right. He was whoa, the tallest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So Why? therefore, that, uh, they tall it. The he, this, his oh, words, shit. not ours. No one jump on all over us. They. This is their words. Whose so, words? Betty's? Father, I think. Oh, the father. Fuck him. He's wrong. Get rid of him. <laughs> Cancel him. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. Well, Andrew, how, like, you could, like, by that structure, leadership structure, you could lead this pack. But I'd be dunking on those guys four feet. <laughs> oh, man. You'd be like the Monstars. Yeah, fuck yeah. I want it. That's the plan I want to Yeah, be right. In. These aliens are probably like Muggsy Bogues. They'd be jumping over your head. Yeah, <laughs> so the other thing that the aliens, the first thing that I noticed in this story is that they've been described as, the father said they were hopping. They seem to be hopping. Yeah. And then when they come through the door, they don't even walk. They just glide through the air, baby. Just sl- smooth as silk. Just float around. I just imagine they just throw their arms back and they just throw their head and they just shoot chest forward. <laughs> sliding everywhere. That's what I pictured in my head. But I, I thought that was interesting because it was such a unique way for the dad to describe them coming in. Like they were hopping or something, walking. And then when they come through the door, it's, they floated. They didn't walk. They floated. Nimbly bimbly. 
Right. Yeah. So we get the description from both Betty and her father of these creatures, which, uh, like Zell said before, you had about four, which seemed to be about four feet in height. Uh, and you had a fifth that seemed to be about a foot taller. So about standing at about five feet tall. Uh, their descriptions are they had the very wide eyes, small ears and noses uh, set in these kind of giant pear shaped heads and they didn't have so much mouths as there was just like tiny slits. So no lips, no nothing like that. And it seemed to be that they communicated with their minds. Telepathy plays a big part in this entire, uh, well, this entire race. Mental telepathy. It's the short grays. Pretty much. Right. So it's very proto. Yeah. It's very typical of your, your grays. Um, except, you know, they're wearing clothes. So yeah. Clothes. They had little, boot, little, cute little moon boat, cute little moon boots. Sashes. Apparently sashes. Um, you know, they did have the pear shaped head, um, the big black eyes, but just little, little slits for mouth that she described as looking like scars. Right. Yeah. So they also, their hands, she noted that they also had only like three fingered hands. So it's like two, you know, just basically like a thumb and then two other, you know, appendages. So one of those on little fucking, this is my strong arm, <laughs> my strong arm. Yeah. Let me stir it for you. So this after this, what um, after the description of the aliens and the family is put into this kind of uh, suspended animation state, it, you kind of lose most of the father's uh, recollection of what happens. Uh, he kind of you know either they, they they pause they put everybody on pause except Betty. Now the rest of the information that we get is from uh, hip, hypnotic reg- regression sessions with Betty. Uh, that occurred in 1977. So 10 years after the fact, she met with an investigator, Jules Valiancourt from MUFON, who also put her in contact with hypnotist Harold Edelstein of the New England Institute of Hypnosis. And so together they brought her, you know, it's, it's something like a two hour drive from where she was living, but she was happy to do it at the, at the time. And so the rest of the information we get is from them uh, you know, putting her into these regressive hypnotic states and then having her relive these events. And this isn't just like, oh, hey, come sit in this chair for an hour. We're going to do this. They like in- investigated her and her claims for like 12 months. This is one of the most investigated cases ever reported in the annals of hypnotherapy. In the annals? What? In the annals of hypnotherapy. Am I saying that wrong? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm anal- sure there's a better word for it. The anal- I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's of annals, but you might have something else on the mind. So annals. A n n a l s. No, two n's. Annals. 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 Sure. Jesus. That's embarrassing. Okay, wait. So, so the aliens come in. They freeze the whole family in suspended animation, except for Betty. But that's the last thing she remembers from that night. The rest comes from later on. Right. So. But also they they froze Betty, but there's also a report from they had Becky, the oldest daughter, who was, I think, 11 at the time. She also uh, contributed some to the narrative. Like she remembered some of these things like she saw. She definitely remembered parts and pieces of it. From what I heard from Betty in the interview was she was really concerned for her family. And they're like, listen, you're OK. Everybody's safe. Watch. And like they got Becky to stand up 
to show her that, you know what I mean? Like that she was still okay. They, they then, took her out of the trance and then sat her down. And whatever. then obviously later we're going to learn about something that they were given. Uh, and Becky plays a role in that too. So to show them that they weren't, didn't mean harm. They like, Hey, your kids are going to be fine. Watch this. Yeah. Look, yeah. Look this. And then put her back to sleep. Which is weird to me though. So like, is the reason why like nobody got frozen until they visioned through the fucking door. And the only reason the dad knows what's up is because he was with Betty and saw it happen. Is that why none of the other family? He's, or- they couldn't really see the door from where they were sitting. I think most of the kids were in the TV room or out. Like they weren't in the kitchen because they came through the back of the, the back of the house, the back door that led out to the backyard into the kitchen. And you couldn't really see. You couldn't see from inside the TV room or wherever most of the kids were. Uh, that that door. So once those, once the the beans entered the house, I believe that's when everybody put was put into suspended okay. animation. So kids were watching the Brady Bunch. Yes. Bonnie, yeah. All right, and then the parents, you know. Okay, I get. Okay, you. so she gets this hip, hypnosis regression hypnosis, and what is what does she find out? Uh, so the beans, again, like we said, they, they, they seem to communicate with her through telepathy. Their mouths didn't move. It was more that she got a kind of, they, they communicated so much in, uh, both, I guess like, in like an empathic kind of way she they could convey feelings, but they could also convey like specific ideas, specific, like you know, they would ask her for questions. Basically, um, yes, essentially. So what they ask her for, they asked her for something to eat is the next thing. Like the they aliens ask asked her for something. Wait, are we getting some saltless pancakes here? Is that what's about to happen? <laughs> you, you we got, got silver suits. Barbecue. Okay, so does she feed them? So she does. She does prepare some food for them. Believe she she prepared some food for them, and then when she placed the the food in front of them, they said, "No, not this food. Uh, it has to be burnt." Was what she got. Oh, this is awesome. I thought from what I like when I heard the interview, she said she misunderstood them when they asked for food. She thought they meant food, but they actually meant knowledge. Yeah, and I, yeah, I was getting to that. So I was oh, okay. that- I'm like. <laughs> She's cooking and gives it, and they're like, "What the fuck?" What is, like, <laughs> you know what the better story would be? It was just these fucking aliens chose this planet to come, and they're like, "We're gonna pick a fucking random house," and this is the alien fucking Gordon Ramsay, and he's like, "Listen, you fucking on the clock, make me something tasty." And this gives her some fucking taste it, and he's like, "Literally rubbish, <laughs> rubbish, just intergalactic top chef." Yeah, <laughs> show us what you got. <laughs> I like, I like that <laughs> disqualify. Yeah. There's one every this, season. Is this pre or post Italian pancakes? I can't. I don't remember what year that happened. But here, now, quick little side theory: if this is pre Italian pancakes, these guys come down. She cooks them food in her like half trance nervousness, burns the shit out of these pancakes, but they love it. They've never had. They're like this. Is, we've never had anything like this. Oh, this is very it's, so, it's so it's so good. So then later, when we're seeing the barbecue, that's them. They've taken the recipe from Betty. Just burning it. Listening to uh, Herbie Hancock <laughs> in their. <laughs> so you know. So like Andrew said, it may have been some sort of actual miscommunication. And at this point, it, 
if this was the first thing that these aliens were, were communicating to her, perhaps like their, their, you know, whatever wavelength they were on wasn't exactly syncing up. So maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe they needed a little bit more time to kind of uh, adjust their, you know, telepathy mind waves. I don't know, something like that. But she, she said that they had to clarify that they meant, like Andrew said, knowledge, like they wanted something that had been tested in the fire of knowledge or something to that effect. And so uh, Betty was a very devout and she was a very um, pretty staunch Christian, Uh, you know, very not Bible thumper, but she's definitely, you know, go to church and, you know, had faith in, in, in the Christian beliefs and all those things. So she interpreted this to mean the Bible. That, that is what she kind of. So hold on, what you're what you're telling me here is that this is intergalactic Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> is what you're saying? Based I mean, of, but like instead of knocking the these phase through their door, and and they well, they, they finally you have to let they, them in. they finally it's genius. Yeah, we, you can't keep them outside. They finally figured out how to give the good news. Excuse me, <laughs> like, man. We freeze you. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> Well, she gives them the Bible, so she gives them the Bible. Have you seen the light? The bright sunlight. light. Where where can we find the answers to life's greatest questions? Why do we suffer? (laughs) We will tell you the well. (laughs) We believe the good light is for all beings. (laughs) <laughs> the it. one tells us to wrap the light all over. Ooh, wee. We believe the, all the good light old. is for all beings. So they went, go ahead, and she gives them the Bible, and in return, they gave her something else. They, they, the blue book. It's either they turned, I think they actually turned the Bible into something else, where they kind of touched it, and then the Bible turned into another book. Well, she said they multiplied it. They, like from where they touched it and then it just like a bunch of different duplicates of it appeared. Right. And Ooh. and she was, she did remark later that she's like, she doesn't know whose Bible it was. I guess every kid in the, uh, in the family had a Bible or close to every kid in the, had a Bible. And she said that one of them was missing after the fact. Fuck, so you know. they use that by either they use that Bible in some sort of like matter transfer multiplication, whatever. But, uh, she, she received this blue book. Think about how uh, much fucking cooler it would have been if they're like, knowledge, you want fucking knowledge? Like, can I give you this book of made up stories or can I give you a fucking comic of Spider-Man? <laughs> that shit is going to blow your fucking mind. Gives my first edition Spider-Man. Right? That would be way cooler. <laughs> it would have been like, this is fucking wicked. This is awesome. Who's, this is a lot Jesus more valuable. Peter Parker. This is a lot more valuable. One guy walks Take in this. water, the other guy fucking swings through buildings and beats bad guys up. Shoots webs out of his hand. And that was badass. Super it, badass. I would I mean, say that Jesus beats maybe, bad guys up too. Maybe <laughs> if... Um... <laughs> Does he? Who does he beat up? Yeah, Jesus he in the temple people? when he kicked out all the gamblers. What comics I mean, come on, do you well, read? Guys. I don't know. What comics do you I mean, read? I mean... One... Blamo. <laughs> one of them lost. One of them uh, didn't. That's funny. I guess they've both been resurrected. That's fair. That's yeah, true. Peter died at one point. Yeah, a couple um, times. Spoilers! Or more than one. More than one time. He died a whole bunch of times. So. Yeah, but he keeps coming back. <laughs> he's better than Jesus. I've, uh, multiple yeah, resurrections. More than once. 
it would it would kind of make sense to me though like she gives them the bible and like say if they're at a level where they, you know they're traveling through space they've got mental telepathy um <laughs> maybe when they she hands them the bible they turn it like just by them touching it they're like we know everything in it so using those references that she's now given them because you know we know that like the conversation wasn't really lining up earlier when with she was making burnt food for them maybe they use images from the bible to like convey a message to her maybe later on cuz what she says later kind of is like she says it was like a religious experience but i now i wonder i didn't never thought this before but now that we're talking about it i'm thinking that like she handed them this book before she has like this next experience so maybe that's what they conveyed it's kind of like how in contact when jodie foster goes they convey it like as her they're like is this real like no we just thought this is the easiest way to like show you all i know dead father all i know is they probably haven't been back since she probably chose the wrong book they probably made it through like five pages of the only begotten son of this person and that person and this person they're like this is terrible I can't read this. Turned around. Never, if they only, read, if they only read numbers, I mean, they, like, some of the Bible is pretty rad. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> like, some of it's pretty crazy. Not the first little bit. Genesis. Eh. All right. So this this is all happening still in the house. Well, everyone's frozen. The right. book They're still in the house at this point. So well, after they give her the blue book, uh, they they pretty much invite her back to the ship. And they say, leave the big, the blue book here for now. Um, we're going to take you. You've been chosen in, in so much. Uh, and she went willingly, right? Because apparently she felt this like peace. You know what I mean? They had this very right. like peaceful vibe about them. Right. A type of peace. And there's also kind of like this kind of compulsion. I think she felt to in order to go with them. You know, it wasn't so much. It wasn't a command. They didn't say like, go with us. You know, like they're like, please come with us. Yeah, they didn't have to because they they have fucking mind control techniques. No, it doesn't matter. They, they could have mind control. They could have a million dollars. They could have a fucking spaceship full of Spider-Man comics, mongooses, puppet dogs, all the cool shit. I'm not going in there. I would not want to be in a I'm not going spaceship in full of mongooses. I would. They know me. They trust me. Yeah, but I'm how cute were those outfits? Yeah, well, they did have sashes. <laughs> they did kind of look like Fred from Scooby-Doo. Or no, those are ascots. <laughs> those are ascots. Yeah, ascots. Uh, what is a sash? Zell, can you pull up a picture of a sash? I, why a am sash? I? It's, it's like a, a, bit, like a Miss like a Universe. Think of like a, oh. like a beauty pageant. Okay, look sash. at this. It's like what yeah. Worf wears. This is it's them. Like what Worf wears. This is Star the aliens. Trek. Like, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the aliens coming through. Uh... Yeah, so they look like fucking SS members. I wouldn't be going in there with them. That's terrifying. Yeah, pull up. Hey, pull up that picture with them in the where. Show they me some All those little cute little butts. <laughs> No, Braden, enough. Go have a cold fucking shower. Enough of the butts and the anals and everything. Jesus. You didn't get it out of your system? Pronounce the nulls. You didn't get it out of your system at fucking Sandals Resort Adult Edition? (laughs) Hedonism too. Yeah. You never listen to me. I tone it out for a reason. (laughs) Scary. Okay, so now they they get on board the ship. Let's get there. Let's get onto the ship. So... uh, their means of conveyance mostly is for them to float. They don't walk anywhere. Seems like so. I don't even know why they have legs, but they float everywhere. It's and not, uh, you know. She described a motion like they kind of would just get in a kind of follow the leader type of, you know, one by one line, and then just off they would go. Just zoom. All right. So they floated her out the back door, same way as they came in. They kind of phased through her with her as well. So they didn't open it for her. So it must be some sort of technology that you can either project or 
whatever to onto anybody. And they just went through the door. They entered into this ship, which had been parked in her backyard. Uh, you know, this was in the middle of a town. So she had neighbors and things like this. So during the hypnotic regression, they asked her, you know, what about your neighbors? What the fuck were they doing? <laughs> Like you got this, this light up disco ball spaceship coming down into your things. Like what happened in there? And she described it that there was very kind of like a heavy fog, which is, you know, when they checked the weather for that time, they said, well, okay. Yeah, there is, that place is known for quite a lot of fog. Maybe they froze everyone in the neighborhood. Maybe also she, yeah, she didn't go into their houses. She couldn't possibly see them. So perhaps they, you know, it was a whole neighbor wide free neighborhood wide freeze. Who knows? <laughs> just the but whole her block. They just snapped their fingers and they all frame. Sat, sat there at the table, like half, half eating while it's all happening. Like click. Exactly. Maybe that's what they got. Maybe they got the remote. Oh, that's oh shit. Shit. cracked it. Done. Figured it out. Bunch of alien race of Adam Sandler's. So she floats into the ship uh, through what looks to be some sort of doorway with stairs. Um, I don't think at this point uh, the 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 tallest alien had introduced itself. I think she had asked uh, before, like, what is your name? What do I call you? And he introduced himself as Quazga. Quazga? Quazga. So Q-U-A-Z-G-A-A is what his name was. So she said when they entered into the ship, like he was able to, uh, you know, with a motion of his hand to turn the bottom of the ship transparent. Yeah. Um, And she saw some some stuff like inside the ship. I think she she (laughs) described seeing some what seemed to be like some mechanisms and things like that. He waved his hand. He's like impressed. (laughs) This isn't even the beginning. He waved his hand and the the ship went transparent. And then the bottom of the ship. That's what she described and then he, he, there we go. Yeah, and then he waved his hand again, and then it turned back into a type of like a silvery gold color. Meanwhile, one of those little guys is behind flipping the light switch. <laughs> and now he, and he does this now. every time. <laughs> All the monkeys get a kick out of this one. <laughs> um. When when she when they moved inside of the ship, uh, it seemed to be a, some sort of waiting area, is what she described, and it's shaped like a kind of kind of half bubble. Uh, she didn't see really any openings or anything like this, and so uh, the beans all kind of. She's kind of like you can imagine. She's standing in the doorway. Uh, they've shut the door, and then all the beans seem to be conversing at at this point. They kind of were all kind of talking together, or putting their heads together, and uh, you know discussing something and uh betty remembers at this point she said she was kind of getting you know vexed at at this like why are they keeping me waiting she would cross she described like crossing her arms she's getting impatient with the alien (laughs) yeah like like ballsy betty that's fucking ballsy where's the probe Um, so quickly unimpressed so just doing magic (laughs) Um, so the, most of the beans left except for, uh, two and Quazga. So, uh, Quazga made some remark about him having to go and prepare himself. And so, uh, for something, it doesn't really, he didn't really elaborate on what, and he Dan, kind right of there, right there before you get into what he was preparing himself for. Let's take a quick beer break. Cause I think we all need to talk. Brain's going to have a yeah, cold shower. All right. We'll be right <laughs> yeah. back. Everybody. Quick rinse. All right, we're back. <laughs> Smooth. So, uh, fucking 
Case Swibbles was just getting ready for her. That's what he said, right? What's his name again? Quaz Guy. Was, Quas- yeah. Quasadilla. Quaz Guy. <laughs> Quasadilla. That's scary, though. Some guy's like, he's like, listen, I got to go. I got to go get ready. Like, you just stay here. That's terrifying. I, and he's already in a flowing white robe. With and a he's sash. Like, like, let me go get into something a little scary more scary to me. That feels like he's going to come out with, like, wild horses playing. Wild yeah. horses. You know? Like, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so before all that happens, uh, he sends her off with the with two beans to escort her up a set of stairs, which open up into another doorway. And she remarked at this like these. It's it's weird how she describes the ship because this ship must be some kind of TARDIS bullshit because it's like bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Dude, I think I- she described the the ship being maybe twenty feet, which is actually pretty big. That's like what two story house. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's 20, powered 20 by high, two yeah. twin Peloton bikes at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at when I read it, it said twenty foot like twenty feet, and I, then Dan sent me a picture of of the ship, and I was like, how does this all fit in here? So if you're watching right. if you're watching the live stream, let's uh, let's go through it. So as you walk into the ship, there's an entry hall, a staircase, a walkway or to a control room, a cleansing area, an elevator. And a hatch. Okay, listen. An, an upper, elevator. How long, there's an upper deck. More stairs. I don't. There's how a long ho- was this chick in the spaceship for? Um, well, she. I think she describes all of the events happening that happened to her because we'll, we'll, you know, as we'll talk more. But everything happened over the course of about. She said felt like four hours. I think. Is what and she so said. in four hours, she know she knows this. Buddy, she knows this fucking spaceship inside and out like well, that. It's That's only fucking ridiculous. It's only 20 feet. So <laughs> Yeah, but look how fucking detailed that little drawing was. Like that's yeah, but think about if these guys are yeah, but that's from her memory. That's from, you know, she's just trying to put it in in yeah. there, I would assume. Oh, man. So there's no. so there's actually three floors. There's the main deck, the bottom deck with the Peloton bikes, Peloton bikes, and the top floor hey, has the, a hallway. Tell me those aren't bikes. Listen. Those are fucking bikes. They're powering the spaceship. So what, like took her on a grand fucking tour. It looks like they put on an episode of fucking cribs for her. She like saw the entire <laughs> fucking No thing. wonder they want to float everywhere if they're on Peloton bikes, like, are, you know, shoot put that, to the universe on Put that, that picture back up. <laughs> so that was a walk either. No well, wonder why can, they got those cute little buns in those little suits. Buddy, rocking listen, those Peloton bikes. You can see on that picture that Zell's going to put up right there. There's a big screen TV with Scarface on it. This is an episode <laughs> of fucking Alien Cribs. I've seen it. Where, where, you, where do you see the TV? It's up there. Right the, there. Hey, what are the odds we can sell right this show to yeah. Peloton? <laughs> this, this episode sponsored by. <laughs> I'd love one of those bikes. That'd be awesome. The power so, of the spaceship. Uh, she definitely described uh, moving about through the ship and the doors and the the entryways that she described was like they would they you couldn't see them. Like the, the walls were completely white and these openings would just kind of appear like either the door would open up vertically and it would just be there. It wasn't like you saw like the outline of these and these uh, these doors, or these entryways or anything. So it was just kind of like you walk up the stairs and then and then there it is. You're where you're going to be. So the two beings that are escorting Betty took her to a circular room Um and she, within the circular room, she described it as uh, like a dome shape. So like a completely uh, white dome, uh, luminescent, because uh, she couldn't figure out uh, under 
you know, when she recalled this under hypnotic regression, they asked her, where were the lights? Uh, what's, what's the light source? Like you're telling us it's bright. So, you know, where's the light coming from? And she was just kind of, it's coming from everywhere. It's, it's the, the whole, whole ship's illuminated. The whole inside is, is luminescent. Yeah. Uh, so they took her, um, into this dome shaped room and they kind of said, you know, wait here. <laughs> in so many words we'll They're be like, right with here. you yeah we'll be right with you you're you know, up next the quiz the here's quiz some old magazines will be right some in. old people magazines you know just sit here and, and hang out it, for a bit it's funny we it's reader's digest in canada we don't do the people <laughs> fucking like a 12 year old national geographic magazine yep yeah so within this uh you know she at this point she is visibly uh, during hypnotic regression, they they described her as kind of getting uh, anxious, anxiety, because uh, she's she's like, why are they having me wait here? I wonder why. are you leaving why? me by myself wow. in this weird ship? I don't know what is going on. Why would you just leave me by myself? You know, these you are didn't the get anxious kind of when random motherfuckers just <laughs> floated through your door. <laughs> yeah, floated through your door and ab- literally even... abducted you. Yeah, yeah. that's still okay. <laughs> no big cool. deal. Yeah, but, cool. but they're nice because they unpaused your daughter for a second. Like yeah. we're, yeah. we're fine. You're, everything's fine here. That's nothing, cool. nothing to worry about. Be chill, Betty. Cool, 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 cool. So kind of to uh, in order being a real Karen right now. <laughs> in order to kind of allay her anxiety and to get her through this this experience and reliving this experience, they kind of asked her, you know, calm down, take a look around. Ex- you know, describe what you're seeing to us. And she described seeing things like uh, what she described as some sort of like leaf motif, like on the ceilings and on the walls. Uh, she described seeing things that looked like, uh, I guess she described them like shields of some sort. I could, I didn't really, didn't really say whether, what, what kind of shield, whether they're circular or the kind of uh, wedge shaped shields that you see. Um, she said she could see on some of the walls, there were what looked to be like raised buttons. And then on another wall, there seemed to be some sort of like rolled up scrolls or something. Scrolls. Um, what kind of waiting yeah. room is this? Isn't there supposed to be like a fish yeah. tank and like those posters of like the cats hanging from something like have hope yeah. teamwork. You know what I mean? Determination. Yeah. Or that lighthouse with the water fucking, you know? Yeah. They had her in this kind of, you know, they had her in the trance and they kind of had her body paralyzed so much. So it's, it's not like she could move. She's so they just kind of like stuck her there and just like, okay, wait here. They didn't even let her sit down or anything. So that's why she's anxious. She's fucking paralyzed. Were they upset with her for being anxious? I don't understand. They're like, <laughs> stop crossing your arms. Yeah. Like, why are you upset? You're paralyzed. Like it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's yeah, fine. and you got friggin' Quagmire in his white robe telling me, telling her she's <laughs> gonna ready. go get more comfortable. Yeah, I'm getting ready. Giggity, giggity. He's throwing a sash on. Oh man. So after a certain amount of time, uh, these same two beings returned, and they asked Betty to follow them uh, to the center of the room. Where in the center of the room, after they all kind of, all three of them gathered there, it it seemed to lower in, like it lowered downwards. So this elevator or something like took them down and they asked her to exit through another opening and stand under what they described to her as, you know, she's like, I don't want to get out here. And they're like, no, you have to stand in this thing. It's a type of cleansing device. Oh, Jesus. Right? Sterilizing Ray. They're going to give her a fucking prison shower to get ready for fucking Quasar. This is not good. Yeah. This is going this south. This is all shaping fast. up poorly for her. Yeah. <laughs> 
She described it as some sort of like type of platform with a with a type of uh, some sort of light coming down. Uh, when she stepped into it, it enveloped her, and what she f- she felt like was solid white light, like she couldn't see anything beyond the edges of this uh, of this device or whatever. And um, after she you know stepped out. Uh, they took her to another room and they said, you know, enter into this room and change into this garment. Fuck, so, man. This is there. It's like it enters the light or it gets the hose again. Yeah. This is not yeah. good, man. I'm telling you, wild horse is going to be playing. He's coming out with his fucking whatever yeah. he's got between his legs tucked. That's not good. So the, the garment that she described that they had prepared for her was this type of, um, I don't even really it's like say it's a garment. It was kind of like a like it's like it had a silver clasp in the front, like where sounds the neck like, was. It like sounds like some type of was. like Princess Leia type a blouse. Of sex, sex blouse. Right. Sexy and blouse. it was like there she's described as having slits down the sides mm-hmm. and down the back. And yep. the front is just kind of open. They didn't give her no. any kind of like undergarment or anything. It was just oh, kind of open. <laughs> oh, sorry, Betty. Oh, Betty. Feel for you, girl. That's Front, yeah, says front mostly open. But I wonder, like, was right. Betty like kind of like, oh no, or was she like, we're on a ship, it's all good? No, she, she's her, paralyzed. Oh, so she couldn't her, even cover uh, up. Her modesty, you know, was still there intact. So she was definitely. She said, I, you know, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So you know, I tried to cover myself as much as possible with the garment that they gave me. But you know, uh, I put it on. Yeah, so who are we dealing with here? Bill Quasby. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Um, so after she changed into this, this, uh, this garment that they provided for her, they led her into another room, uh, that was a complete dome. And again, this one is all illuminated from all sides and lots of leather uh, and chains everywhere. So Quazga enters into the room. Wild horses is playing. No. (laughs) Yeah. This is where it would start playing too, because it's about to get weird. Would you flog me? I'd flog me. (laughs) Would you probe me? I'd probe me real hard. Wild Horses was not playing, but Quazga is now entered in with a new He's changed too. Swanky suit. <laughs> silver suit, not the blue ones that they were wearing before. He's got this Let shiny silver suit. The on. front's open. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Completely covering yeah. and I, I imagined it as being one of those uh, you know, those the silver heat suits or the sauna suits. Oh yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Heat shock treatments, heat shock proteins. Right, right. right heat right. shock protein, yeah, big time. Elk meat. <laughs> does this does this alien do a uh, jujitsu? Does he bow hunt? They might. <laughs> mm. <laughs> They're getting ready to. Well, you got to prepare for the pig babies. So within this room, Betty described also there being a type of flat rectangular platform in the middle. So you can kind of guess what's going on. Uh, they placed Betty on this. She doesn't remember how exactly. She just remembers kind of just being placed on this block uh, in the middle of this room. So it's, it's essentially an examination room. <laughs> she, yeah, you can't move. You don't remember. You got roofied. <laughs> Uh, Space roofies. Either they roofied her or what she reported is the way that they kind of uh, took away her anxiety or some type of anesthesia or whatever. It was what they would just touch her head and then her fears and anxiety would kind of just go away. That was she, a little bit of acid on the fingertip. <laughs> on the temple, absorbed through the skin with the sweat. And everything will be okay. The, and that's why everything's illuminating. 
That's terrifying, man. Saying I don't understand. So she definitely, cool. she definitely would need a bunch of it because the next thing they do is they pull what seemed to pull out from out of the air, not out of the air, but like above her, where these long, huge needles. Wires. What do you mean, like pull it from behind her ear? Like ooh. not pull behind her ear. No, I'm saying like from the ceiling, like they drop down from the yeah, ceiling. Come down. Wait, hey Betty, what do you got over there behind your ear? <laughs> Fucking needles. What's this needle? Ooh, bet you impressed now, eh? They insert these, they have two of them, and they one they inserted into her left nostril. Gave her the old COVID test. Oh, Jesus. Right? So bad. That goes so up in bad. there. Um, so bad. And the other one was inserted into her navel. Oh. Like through the, right through the belly button. Right through the belly button. So this is not, like, this is like a Ooh. terrible magic trick. Yes, But not first fun. it was the behind the ear, and now it's like cutting her in half, poking shit in her. So the final countdown. She remembers plan. or recalls Quasga remarking that they were, you know, she's like, "Why are you doing this to me? What is going on?" You know, in her head, and they can kind of, you know, if they're communicating tele- telepathically, they can kind of sense what's going on. And through her mind, uh, Quasga responded to her uh, questions, being that we they were measuring her for light, is what he said. Didn't really. She's like, "What is that? I don't know." And she's just like, "It's we're just measuring you for light. It, it's in there. Like I, we're just measuring." Didn't they think it, it was like it. something to do with? They she thought it may have been something to do with like creation or something. Right. They, they seem to have either mentioned something, you know, in their telepathic conversations, or she picked up on something about them searching for something to do with creation, um, or her missing something. To do with creation. Now, I remember her being like, she was talking in an interview, being very upset because at first, when, while they're searching for the light, they were like, well, we don't find a lot of light in you. You have these spots behind your knee and, you know, and it's not really going well. And she like pleaded with them, like, no, I have light. Don't doubt my light. I shine bright. Don't doubt it. <laughs> right. So they, uh, they did, you know, they kind of said that you have some bits that aren't. Um, you know, there isn't all light. It isn't all light. There are, there are spots that are missing or things like that. Um, but to go back what they said about the things about creation, Betty had actually had a hysterectomy after the birth of her, uh, of her daughter, kid? Cindy, her youngest kid. Son. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, th- that might've had something to do with it saying that, that, you know, she had, well, that could be something. some miss, some of that miscommunication. Cause we know there's been like some, some message lost in translation before. So them saying that is like, they could just be, just be like trying to relay to her, not really knowing how to be like, Hey, we like, we see that you can't have kids. Like you can't create. Yeah. We got fucking You've lost the ability, the light to create quasar here is like, about to throw an alien baby in you and he can't. So this isn't going to work. Yeah, he's for like, us. yeah, he's like, you lost the light. <laughs> you lost the light lady. This is this was a mistake. Get the fuck off our uh, table. He so, cinched up his robe. Yeah, <laughs> wasted everybody's time. Examination shit goes zero to total recall really fast. Yeah, let's because get it going. They have the one the one device that's going up her nose. She says that you know she when she's describing the experience, she's saying like it's crunching through something. It punctures through something in the oh. in the front of her head. Like she's saying that oh. she can feel it. The, the aliens yeah, she are described it as being painful. She described right. being in pain. But the aliens bring the you love. No, right. And <laughs> so this, through your when, fucking but they managed to withdraw the needle wire and out comes what she described. Her brain. Something. It was holding on to something when it came out. Yeah, her brain, brain. is gone. 
Well, it seemed to be she's described it as some type of like small ball with tiny points on they it. They fucking they took her pineal gland, buddy. They stuck a fucking coat hanger up her nose and just fucking spun it around a bit and pulled it out. Um, while the one that was inserted into her navel, uh, this one it, it just kind of passed in and it, I don't know, it just moved around. She said she could feel it moving around her gut, so I don't know what it was doing down there. Either that was the you know that's part of the. Whatever the fuck's going on, I don't like, know. At this point, yeah, we don't. Well, I, we don't I know imagine, what's going on I imagine, like this is what I'm thinking: is that they have, you know, the ability to walk through walls. So, like, maybe they have some sort of like they put the device down, and they have it's like a non-invasive like look, like it's in you, but it's not really in you. And that's how they're seeing that they're like, oh, you, you've lost the light, like you, you've lost the light, you can't create. And maybe that's what they mean by that. Maybe it's not like you've lost the light. As some other me, it's like you just you can't give birth anymore, and like that's how they describe it in their. So what do you mean? You're trying to say it's some type of sexy like alien culture? X-ray. Yeah, but they and they're just they giving they it an her result. stomach though, and it seems like something through her nose too. Yeah, man. Yeah, so the nose things. What if they weird. put some type of like fucking nanobot in her uh, that fucking shit. starts zipping around? Well, after they remove the needle wire from her you know from her midsection after they remove that one that one comes out uh she recalls another type of device being lowered from the ceiling which she described as some sort of like glass plastic eye it looked very similar to some sort of eye kind of lowered it down went close Mm. to her stomach and just stayed there for a few moments and then retracted back into the roof that sounds horrifying that stole her soul yeah stole (laughs) stole something Right. So after yeah, this whole, whole or- ordeal, Betty is returned to the dressing room and they have her change back into her regular clothes. They just throw her clothes yeah. at her. Fucking walk of shame. Get, get changed. Yeah. Get get that you off. don't have enough that, light. You don't get to keep that. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> no light for you. So after they've they've had her dress back into her old clothes, she recalls re-entering the same kind of tube elevator as before, but it opened up into a different corridor uh when they floated down this track which she described uh some kind of was just like it's not very wide i think she said it was like nine inches wide or something because she said they said you know how big is this track and she pointed to a clipboard um that was in front of her that one of the the investigators was holding and it's you know she it's about that wide so she's going down a nine inch fucking tube it's just no the track that they're floating on they're not walking it's just kind Mm. of like they're just moving along they're people mover or whatever um conveyor belt they enter into another uh half cylinder room that she she remarked as resembling a type of quonset hut so if like if you've been on military base they're kind of like those those half cylinder okay houses yep no those those buildings yurt what a yurt like a yurt i would i would consider that a yurt like a yurt. Okay. I, she said Quonset. You know, I had to look it up exactly what Quonset? it is, but it's like, yeah, it looks like one of those bunker houses or whatever. It's just like, okay, one of those. yeah, yeah. So we all know a weird word for it that we recognize. Yeah, that. I'm sure. Everybody, it's like, everybody it's, has it's a looks like one of those it. fucking shops, like those shitty yeah. shops. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm not picturing So <laughs> this room. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, one of those ones. Something like this. Yeah. It's kind of like a hanger a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Kind of like a, yeah. sure. E- easy, easy to set up hanger. Uh, within this room, she describes seeing uh, these these plastic glass ch- or these chairs that seem to be made out of some sort of glass or plastic material. Uh, the beans placed Betty 
into one of these chair devices. She remarks seeing that there's, there's, I think there was four chairs. She tra- described seeing four chairs. One of them was slightly different from the others, having some type of like metal panels, like in the, on the armrest, uh, maybe for our, or buttons or something like that. Uh, but she was placed in one of the ones that didn't have that. Uh, after they placed her in this chair, she said uh, she remarked it's a feeling that these chairs somehow draw. She could kind of tell that they were drawing moisture from her. Uh, she kind of hypothesized that it could perhaps some type of like refrigeration or something because she remembers feeling a bit cold okay. the first time she sat, she sat down in one of these. Now, she sits down in this chair and then over to the chair like a plastic covering or some type of the same material that the chair is made of is lowered down over her and it perfectly covers her and her seat. Oh no. Now it covers her (laughs) except for when, you know, she drew it out and from her experience, she, she spoke about that. it, It kind of, it covered everything except pretty much like her, her nose and mouth, but it was like a clear plastic. And then another set of tubes lowered down and one, you know, went over the covering of her mouth and one went over the covering of her nose. And then the beans kind of told her like, don't worry, don't worry. It's just CPAP. It's all good. They were continually reassuring her to tell her everything's okay. Cause you kind of would have to at this point. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. By terrifying. this point, I wouldn't trust if, if you were, if you're trusting this far, you got to be at your end of your at, at end of the, trust here because you've had your so, brain punctured your navel punctured now you're ziplocked that's fucking yeah crazy. now this part goes zero to the abyss real quick <laughs> because now they fill up this this chair covering that she's in she's encased and they start filling it up with some type of liquid oh shit right they're putting her and in one of those pods from the she Matrix. also remembers after they fill it up she remembers them administering something like she, she said, like some type of uh, syrup or something was like it was dripped into her mouth or something like that. And it had a, like a type of euphoric what kind of syrup. Uh, she just said sweet type of syrup. So it tasted sweet. And then once oh, she tasted it, calm. it gave her a type of like euphoric effect. It was kind of almost like an anesthetic of some type. That's a maple syrup for sure. Then yeah. it's a cybacillin <laughs> infused syrup right yeah, there. Something's going on. Yeah. There's some fucking. Uh, she. Uh, she recalled having a feeling of some type of like vibration. She said like in a whirlpool of some type. And, and then after this, they, they drained that. Like it was like, she was in there for a certain amount of time. She's not quite sure how long. Uh, Cause I guess, you know, at this point, like time has no meaning when you, when you don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but uh, they, after this, this feeling of euphoria and, and the vibrations kind of subsided, she was removed out of the chair. They drained the liquid from the thing. These beans that were with her, the two that were with her, it wasn't Quasga. It was two other different beans that had, you know, escorted her. They donned these type of black hood-like coverings uh, over their faces, right? With they're still, and they're wearing now the silver fluorescent suits, I think, uh, similar to the ones that Quasga wore during the examination and, and betty said she didn't need a face covering because she had long black hair yes <laughs> that's what she said so okay <laughs> all right, all cool. right. <laughs> so they leave they leave out of the chairs they get back on this this track that had led them into this thing and now it leads them out down another corridor uh which she said it seemed like a type of like subway court she she you know remarked on it being some something to resemble like a subway uh, like a she's still in the same twenty foot ship. 
<laughs> well, that's the, that's the question. Yeah. Now, when they said that they filled this thing up with some type of liquid, my head jumps to uh, the expanse where it's like, you know, you put somebody in a crash couch, like mm. in the expanse, science fiction novels uh, during space travel or like they have like high G maneuvers. They will put them into what are like these, they call them like crash couches. And later uh, in the series, like they have these things where they basically, they submerge you in kind of like a, a gel like substance so that you are able to kind of, uh, withstand and then they inject you with a bunch of drugs because you get so your body can withstand the g-forces and the acceleration uh, of like a ship of some type right whether right. or not that was them because they didn't seem to have any problem overcoming like motion and like acceleration you know just moving the way that they were moving could have been something else whether it was some type of space travel maybe her body or mind couldn't handle it i don't know but hmm isn't so, so is, is this when she started she floated through like a mirror pretty much right so she uh as they floated down this corridor they exited the corridor into what she's described as a type of some other it wasn't earth anymore so they had left the ship at some point or they have left earth at some point uh she described the first thing is they go through this kind of mirror like substance substance that looked like some type of portal portal tech. and when they yeah they go through it and now she described this place as being like completely red, like the atmosphere was red, not like Mars, but everything like the light in everything was like just a shade of everything. The color was red. The lighting was red. And uh, she described seeing types of buildings, which, you know, in her mind, she she compared them to buildings being built of stucco or cement. And she was shocked by the appearance of these wholly different creatures than the ones that were escorting her uh she she describes seeing these types of creatures that were seemingly headless they they had like large they had like fingers that ended in pads they were very short maybe three feet tall and they were climbing over these buildings like she she said like monkeys frog people they didn't have heads so much as they had like two eye stalks sprouting out like where the neck would be Normally, I pictured like a, the little thing from Ah Real Monsters. Oh yeah, the green guy. <laughs> so wait, yeah, so who holds his own eyes. Yeah, she's been trans. Oh no, that's not the she's been guy. transported to a different dimension or just a different world. She doesn't really Could be know either one. At Buddy, this point. I think she. I think she was trans. Okay, li- hear me out here. I think she was transported to either the Dolce base or Area Fifty One, <laughs> and the people in the black masks. We're actually humans that were like, we can't let her see us because she'll make some sort of connection that there's humans here. And that's 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 weird. We can't have that at all. We can discredit her if she's saying that it's, you know, this weird these aliens wearing these. Why the suits. fuck? Why would why like, would humans kidnap other, another person? Like we know. Why do we got to do? all? These they're just groups? they're just watching the experiment. They're just they're just there to observe. No, because the, the aliens that she's been with the entire time are the ones that put on the black masks. Well, she didn't say that. She, yeah, she, she did. said she yeah, just she saw did. Them. Oh, did yeah, she? Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> she's not there. She's because in a different because planet. after they exit, after they go through this area of red, she said that they they passed through another portal that was covered with like a membrane of some type. And after they passed into that through that membrane, they entered into another uh, 
what she described as a beautiful area. Everything was a bit green. She said it's now it's like a green area. So she saw things like vegetation. She saw water uh, that was kind of covered by mist in, in some sections. Uh, the 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 beans that she was with were able to remove their black hoods at this point. They said they could took them off and just either like put them in a pocket or something. They, they, but they took them off. They were able to remove them at this point. Um, Maybe masks were mandatory. Maybe they're in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody has to wear a mask. Yep. Just showing that, showing her the future. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. So she says she remembers seeing things like, again, uh, like, uh, some type of uh, life form other than the beans. She said she saw something that resembled like a, some type of animal that was like a cross between a fish and a bird. Well, it's interesting because they also, I I wish I couldn't find anything on it, but you know, it said they had an emblem of some sort of bird on their little outfit. Yeah. Eagle. And like, like Eagle, is it an Eagle? Right. Who knows? Is it a Phoenix? I wish we would have more description on what that was because then later when it says, like, you know, is this a phoenix? Like, that would make more sense to me because that's the emblem on their little uniforms, too. Right. So um, when they're they're proceeding through this, this green area, this beautiful area that she described, like, they're still moving at a pretty constant pace on this black track. They're pretty much floating through the sky at a high altitude above. And she said that they floated out over what seemed to be a city. And she described the buildings as being very science fiction like very different in shapes and sizes uh there were domes domes within the city she couldn't tell if there was a dome over the entire thing uh she said that most of it was like surrounded by a mist at some point so she couldn't see a horizon of any type what was the um, dan what was the thing i read what was the white pyramid like structure with an egyptian head on the top oh yeah right so they passed i found that fascinating the largest, I think the largest, most notable structure was this type of pyramid. And from the drawings and stuff, it's not exactly a pyramid. She described it as a pyramid. Pyramid like. It's kind of, yeah, it's almost got like three sides almost. It's like a three sided pyramid. And like one side was flat, like completely flat. And she described the other sides as being kind of having indent like indentations in the middle of each side and the edges were kind of smoothed out or flattened. And then on top of it, she described to have seen some type of head uh, that she described as being Egyptian. I mean, that's the closest thing that she could come up with it in her brain and how she interpreted yeah, it was Egyptian. Akhenaten um, for sure. Wearing the, the alien king. There you go. Akhenaten for sure. <laughs> right. So she said it was wearing the, the head. It seemed to be wearing the headdress of like a pharaoh, um, like the Nemes, like the Nemes hat, not like the the the, the pharaoh, one, pharaoh the long crown. one that comes down, yeah. yeah, the long one that has the flaps and the stripes uh, okay. on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It comes down the shoulders. I find that like very that interesting that she saw these white pyramids uh, I was kind of looked. I was trying to find out, Dan, and maybe you'll know. I I should have prepped you with this, so I don't expect you to know this one. Um, when did they like? When did it? Was it widely known that the pyramids were most likely white, with white limestone? Oh, how long have they known that? Oh, I don't know. I think for, my head. For, I think for a long time because the second, like not the Great Pyramid, but the second Pyramid of Giza still has a lot of it, the covering on it. Yeah, there's still yeah. there's still pieces of it that are still there because. I was just, I found that very interesting that she was describing white pyramids. And then I'm like, well, that's interesting because um, is that information that she would have known too in 1967 that like these pyramids were most like, like the pyramids in Egypt, the 
Giza pyramids were most likely covered in like white limestone and t- capped with well, a gold it, top. It's not nineteen sixty seven though. This is when this is ten years later when she was hypnotized. Which would oh, have been nineteen seventy seven, yes. which but yes. when when okay. fucking Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out. Oh you <laughs> said he's calling shit. it early. He's calling it early. <laughs> Holy shit. So after they they traveled through the city, they traveled over the skies of the city. She said that they moved on towards what seemed to be a large collection of crystalline structures that were giving off like rainbows of light, extremely beautiful. Cool. Uh, and they, they pa- seemed to pass through it or she passed into it and through it. And then like almost instantly, she, she said she was kind of transported into just this area of in front of her was this huge Eagle, a huge bird. She said is very much a bird. Very eagle. Uh, like it's gotta be the same bird on their on their crest. on their crest of the on their arm of the of their toga, yeah. whatever the fuck they're wearing. And as soon as she entered into the presence of this bird, she described this bird as as kind of like it, it was luminous to the point of like not almost not being able to look at it. Uh she described be feeling an intense heat radiating from this bird. Uh, you know, to the point where she described also like sparks kind of flying off of it. Uh, and this, this image of this bird seemed to just burst into flame or, you know, an explosion of energy and light. And then she remembers after experiencing this very intense, very uncomfortable heat, you know, when she was in the hypnotic regressive state, she was, you know, she's like, ouch, this hurts. Like, I, I I don't want to be here. It's too hot. It's too hot. You know, they had to calm her down and tell her, you know, it's, you're not experiencing that right now. Um, you know, Betty, bring, her, just bring her back Phoenix, down. Okay. Stop making a big deal about it. Yeah. Just a Phoenix. No big <laughs> deal. It's just a, it. it's just a Moltres. Yeah. Right. So she, you know, making the Phoenix connection is, is apt because after that, this whole experience of light and, and heat, there seemed to be a small fire burning down in front of her and there's just like a collection of ashes of which she observed to reform into this like she described it as like a fat cray worm. worm and then she heard this voice within her head asking if she understood do you understand what you've seen? And of course, you know, she's saying that she responded that, no, I don't understand any of this. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. It was a fucking bird uh, and now it's a worm. What am I, what am I supposed to take from this? You know, what's going you've on? You've seen it, you've understood, you know, and also to the effect that she has been chosen, right? She is the chosen one. You know, you will understand uh, everything. You will help humanity to understand everything. You are the chosen one. And it just kind of, you know, like reemphasize that fact over and over again that she has chosen. You witnessed the birth of Earthworm Jim. <laughs> yeah. The was, greatest Super Nintendo video game. I was games. just going to say that was my favorite Super NES game. But it's so In good. History. So, fun. so fucking good. That was it. That's all they wanted to show her. Is like, yeah. This is what you're missing by being born in the 60s. Yeah. Being, Enjoy your being pong, born fucking too loser. <laughs> yeah. You um, have Earthworm Jim. I don't I don't think she felt like a, a deep understanding that she did, you know, she did kind of compare this to some kind of like religious experience that she had this like she's feeling like she should understand something and she feels like she should learn something, but she doesn't know what it is. She doesn't understand. And 
um, you know, it just told her that you are the chosen one and that you will observe through the sacrifice of my son or something like that. It's kind of, yeah, this to me, like this starts, this to me starts playing like some sort of like when we get into this part of this abduction story, it really starts sounding like, uh, some sort of like LSD or, Psycho, uh, oh. you know, DMT trip, like some big kind of trip because I've, I've done enough. Sh- I've done enough shrooms before where I've had similar experiences where like I go to bed after doing them and then I'm, I have the most like wild tripped out dreams where it's like I'm talking to other beings. It's crazy. So it's like this part of it. I'm like, this sounds like she was tripping, like tripping out and just didn't know what was going on. Just wait, just just that home. Her her and her hubby decided to pop a little. I think LSD. maybe sixty seven. This happened. So yeah, either that or they had fucking lead pipes, <laughs> lead poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> so after after she's she's told this kind of you know you will understand you are the chosen one. She is she remembers passing back through the crystals, and then back out. Uh, through the red and green areas, back through the original corridor, uh, the beans escorted her back to the the Quonset room uh, with the glass chairs, and they put her back into the seats. And uh, she did make a point to remark, and actually found that kind of strange as well, is that there are there are four seats, but none of the the, the beans that she she's with they don't occupy any of the other seats. When she goes into it. It's only her and then three other empty seats. So they got, they've sent three other people before maybe. Or or what that, you know, I'm kind of wondering like, oh, what, you know, what did the, what did the beans do? Were they just like standing around? Like they don't need that chairs or those chairs are designed for someone else besides themselves. They they float. Yeah. What did they they ever tell her what she's chosen for? Um, We get Uh, to that. Listen, I don't see, (laughs) I, if, if you look at this, I don't like, you got to look at it as a whole. There's so much misinterpretation in like, you know, with the food and stuff that I think when she's saying like, oh, I've been chosen, chosen. I don't think that they're saying that like it in some sort of biblical sense of like, you're the chosen one. It's like, <laughs> we've chose you. One. Like just very simple. Like we chose you. No big deal. We chose you. Well, they did. You've been chosen. Picked her up. You were yeah. the closest person. But it's we not saw. like when Let's she's like, it. she, the way like she describes it is if it's some like biblical, like, You've been chosen, like oh, my, you're the one. I'm like, no, it's just you've been chosen. Like we chose someone, and it's you. You like, I find it very like I like to think of it as very calculated. Of like someone be like, yeah, we chose you. We've chosen you. You were there. We chose you. Yeah, through Not- through her experience, she did. You know, uh, she chose to kind of uh, either you know either to keep herself from going crazy because you might, I don't know, but she chose to kind of realize a lot of the, what they were saying, these, this information that are passing on to her or these revelations. She, she chose to kind of realize this stuff within the context of the Bible because she remembers kind of, you know, when they asked her questions, like, you know, do you know, she's like, I know that, you know, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ, these things, you know, and she used that to kind of, whether she conceptualize or a lot of these, this information and these things that they were asking of her, uh, you know, she would answer with, with, you know, with the Bible or teachings from the Bible. That's what she kind of relied on to keep right. her 
mind in one piece, I suppose. You know, it, she she remarked on the return trip that the beans seemed to be a lot more sensitive to her because uh, at least one of them was like um, when they put her back in the chair this time, they actually like knocked on the glass and and kind of inquired like, "Are you okay in there, Betty?" Like. <laughs> You know, hey. Like tapped on the glass, like you okay this time what I mean? or like, what? Doesn't that sound like such a human? Like from everything we've heard of the te- telepathy and all this other stuff, this to me, like when I when I was doing my research and got to this part, I was like, this seems like a very human interaction, like interaction now of like you're right in there, you're right in there, Betty. Like it, it seems out of place. No, these guys just know everything they else. witnessed all the fuck fucked up shit Quasar did to her, and they're like, <laughs> we feel terrible. Yeah, this yeah. got she got yeah. really weird. Yeah, you're right in there. We need to see if this chick's okay. Things went way too far. This guy's you a weirdo. Okay in there, buddy? <laughs> and then Quasar comes to you like, you must forget. Yeah. Dude, forget this is like the all. this is the alien version of MK Ultra. <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> so they bring her back uh to Talk what about seems to be the shit climax. Uh <laughs> you know, they they pass through whatever it's if it's some sort of interdimensional corridor or whatever, but they, they seem to bring her back to the original ship back where her you know her home was and uh they tell her that Quasga wants to speak to her before they leave or whatever and you know Quasga, you know she's trying to ask all these questions like you know what what is going on what was going on and you know he's like you must forget is what, is what she gets from him. essentially he that- tells her that you must forget and after he says these words uh you know and he starts telling her like you're gonna have to forget for now for now um, she, she described his face changing from the, the, from the, you know, the quintessential gray one eye became completely black and the other eye became completely white, like luminescent white and some type of, she described as like an antennae or some type of feelers to a grew out along the top of his eyes while he was talking to her and telling her that, um, we've given you information where we put stuff inside your head that's you know gave her formulas or something right right they gave her formulas and and they said that we're not going to give you any more until man you know collectively understands uh these these formulas like i'd be so fucking vague is this before or Uh, after she got the blue book they told they told her that they come to help humans. They love humans. We bring you, know, you love. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? That's the gist of it. Is that they're like we're doing this. Love is the answer. Love is everything. Uh, humans have to deal with some, but humans first have to deal with this type of. He doesn't really elaborate on what it is, but he says hey, there's listen. Some that's type a hard sell. That's Earth. a hard sell to so, fucking Betty Andreessen who just got a fucking. Needle in the navel and, right and then the, the nose and fucking spun it around and had her all front showing and everything and paralyzed. Like, love is the answer, really? Like, fuck you. <laughs> After all that, you're gonna send me into another dimension. You're gonna fucking probe my belly button, my brain. You're gonna show me a phoenix going into ashes and a worm coming out. It's all super cryptic. And then they go, "You must forget." <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could. I, I can have fucking yeah. PTSD after that. The um, it's it's funny because like again, to me this sounds like some sort of trip because I've had trips where it's like <laughs> you you figure out that you've had you've gained some like universal knowledge and like in your head you're like, 
oh my god, I've eureka, like I've had this eureka moment. And then as quick as you get it and you understand it completely and intimately and so you're just like, I get everything, you lose the ability to even describe what it was that you just learned and you forget even how to communicate it. It's it's a it's a weird thing. I've been that high. I've been that high before. So when she says this stuff, I was like, is she describing like a bad trip? Because that's I've been there. And that's what this sounds like I've, to me. I've been there too, and I thought I was God for a bit. Yeah, and then, and then you come back and it's like, God. I will remember this. I will remember how to tell everyone we are one. Everything's one. It's all even praise the light. We're all one. And then you're like, as you come out, you're like, I don't remember. Maybe I wasn't supposed to tell anyone. What do you mean? You just, I, you I remember it now. Remember. You're talking about right now. You remember yeah, it. No, I actually do remember, remember it. Yeah, but in the moment, um, it's not, it's in the moment, it's different than how you remember. You you know all the intricate details. You just have this like universal understanding. No, you're just <laughs> fucking stoned. Our next pod week will be stoned. at the New England Institute for Hypnotism. <laughs> yeah. We'll oh, be putting um, that hypnotic regression. That'd be fun to it, be hypnotized like that. No I think you have to be, I honestly, I'm too much of a cynic. I don't think I'd, cause I'd be like, this isn't going to work. And I think as soon as you're kind of like that, I think that's why it probably didn't work very well on her dad is cause he's like some hardened, like, I'm believing the shit. Bullshit. Dumb. Yeah. And so he's just so against it. And I just have a hard time, like not making jokes. So like, <laughs> I don't think I could do it. You probably, um, you probably fuck with the guy, pretend you're hypnotized for a second. And like, ah, just kidding. The interesting thing that I also found with this that I was thinking about was that, you know, they say they give her this, like some sort of knowledge. And then I'm like, well, she didn't share. She doesn't like share any knowledge with anyone. And then I was starting to think that like, you know, like later on in subsequent interviews and stuff, she really says that like that, you know, we're all one, we're all connected. And I wonder if it's some sort of like hundred monkeys kind of thing where it's like, they put that in one person, that knowledge, and it eventually spreads to all humanity like we're some sort of like hive mind even though we don't realize it mm. so the the right? beans did the beans also did say that others had secret in her mind she wasn't the only one they were saying that they yeah. had put information in other people as well she was not the the only one i thought she like, was could the you chosen imagine one that's what it is like they're coming down just giving like because they're like if we implant this knowledge with a certain amount of people the entire species will just get it just by osmosis, just being out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, they made the point to kind of, or they seemed to try to make the point to Betty that it was like, you know, she kept asking like, what do we need to understand? He's like, you have to understand, you have to explore, you have to search within yourselves. You know, the technology that you're pursuing isn't the right kind of technology is, is kind of what he was get seemed to be getting at that. We needed to be developing technology more along, a, like more along a, a spiritual sense of technology. Okay. And not a destructive Something. of making fucking atomic bombs. It, yeah. You could, yeah, I could definitely interpret it that way. Uh, Cause if you think about this time, I mean, this is, this is definitely it's still in, cold in the heyday of heyday of like making nukes, testing nukes. I mean, when was the when was that big show of force where they blew up the one in the water there? What year was that? The bikini. The bikini oh, at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, underwater. Yeah. Was, what year was, was that? Fifty something. I don't know, but 50, the, yeah, from like nineteen fifty to nineteen what eighty or ninety, they're fucking blowing up nukes every like fucking four days. It felt like. Yeah, so I'm 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 not gonna say they weren't making nukes because they definitely were. So I'm like, when they, when this this lines up nicely with that, right? 
Yeah, so it's definitely depths of Cold War. It is definitely the we have harnessed the power of the atom and you know exploded atomic bombs, hydrogen bombs. Uh, we're there. You know, we're on this track, or that's what they seem to kind of be saying or, or implying that humans were had some sort of corruption that they had to deal with. We we have to proceed beyond that and 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 seek to understand these these formulas or these equations that they have. And until we understand that, then the, the information and the secrets that are locked within Betty's head and these other people that they, that they alluded to will remain locked or they will remain locked away. I like that theory though, Braden, about if say they like, they do this to a bunch of people and we've talked about it before. Like say you have an idea for an invention, but you have an idea and you never really follow through, but you think about it for a while. And then like the next week or the next month or the next year, like, I fucking thought about that. So what? Same, yeah, laser bullets. So, yeah, that's what I mean. So what if these people are it, being instilled with these ideas and they never act on them, but enough people do it and it becomes like, we haven't done a case. Like the Akashic Records. Like yeah. it's just out there, right? It's, gonna, just, it's there for someone to grab. Yeah, we haven't done a case file on it yet, but exactly like all like that's this in the human consciousness. And if, if enough people know about it, maybe it like spawns the idea. Then you get a the guy spiritual like- spiritual awakening. Then you get a guy like Elon Musk- Starts inventing everything because he uh, he's a little greedy. He's taking all the human knowledge for himself, or he's just ha- tapped in, right? Like he, something is he's tapped into some of this a little better. But maybe that's what it takes, right? Or maybe right. he's an alien. Maybe he's an alien just by himself. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe he's fucking Quasar. The way he talks <laughs> does seem yeah, he's Quasar. He's fucking Quasar or Quesada yeah. or whatever. What is the fuck his name? So she okay to to finish off the experience, uh, you know, to yep. to bring it close Let's wrap to it, it up. She takes the the beans she remembers return Betty to her house, and she remembers them guiding her back to their bed, and they actually, uh, you know, u- utilizing what she described as some kind of like small balls of light, like it was like light within glass. It wasn't just like a like an LED lamp or something like the orb. It was like an actual glass of light. And they use these to kind of, you know, move her family. Like she, they, they actually had the family kind of march. She said all the kids kind of lined up and marched upstairs to their beds and went to sleep and everybody went to bed and then, you know, woke up the next morning. She remembers waking up the next morning, the kids were up everything and nobody really remembered anything happening. They didn't, including her. She didn't really remember either. She just felt like something was off, but didn't really remember what happened. Right. Not until a couple of days later that she kind of like start suspecting something was kind of. So the whole, her whole off. family was frozen. They don't remember the experience. Was well, the one gone. daughter does. Like apparently the one daughter. Bit. The one that was unfrozen. She got to touch this blue book that she was given. And now right. she can so speak and the write blue book. a different language. This is the last bit. So because everybody yes, into the blue like, book. Because I remember asking this question. She left the book before they left and they told her, like, you're going to keep this book. For so she had this book and she knew with, you know, there's some sort of telepathic suggestion or something that she wasn't supposed to show anybody this book. So she had hid it in her closet um, while, you know, instructed not to show anyone. And she said that this book had contained when she when was asked about it under hypnotic regression, she said it contained initiation of mysteries you know it, oh. it seemed to be 40 you know composed of 40 thin pages uh like the first five pages she said were just like gl- first three or five glowing were just glowing white light 
from the pages. And then the uh, the subsequent pages had just strange symbols that weren't didn't seem to be any language that she recognized. She she compared it to Egyptian, so I assume she's talking about hieroglyphics. Right. Um so she, but she she couldn't read any of them. I think she she said that she felt like she could understand some of the concepts that were within it sometimes, but she wasn't able to fully grasp all of it or she wasn't supposed to yet. So this while she was actually while she was under hypnotic regression uh, with some other investigators from like the center of UFO research and things like that, um, when they pressed her more about the book uh, at this point, Betty became like an interpreter for another alien being like an alien being was speaking through her beacon. And she just, you know, the, the alien introduced itself as being named Andantio or Andantio. <laughs> That's a great alien name right there. It's pretty fucking cool. Be great. Yeah. Andantio. Um, Sounds the, like the Andrew's re- D&D character should have been named. Yeah. So Andrew so the, the researchers were trying to ask him, like, you know, what's in the book? You know, what are these formulas the that book? are in the book? And what's he in just kind of like, what's in the book? What's in the book? And they tried to... Uh, but he was just kind of like circling around everything. They asked her like, what's, you know, what about the for like the formula? What's the first formula? What does it have to do with what? And he, uh, you know, is quoted as saying something like to do with liquid that life has been removed from, like, there's no vibrations. It's perfectly still or something like that. What does um, that mean? Yeah, what still does that water. Mean? <laughs> it's a band. Everything vibrates. Yeah. And they asked him all these questions, like if you read, like if you read the book, most of the information I pulled from the Andreessen affair, the Andreessen affair by Raymond Fowler, who was the one of the UFO investigators yep. involved intimately with this case, also um, been abducted. No big deal. Also been abducted, and he also did the Allagash abductions, which we talked about. But after in view, yeah. interviewing her, he's like, oh, you know what? I think I've been abducted too. Yeah, this is bringing <laughs> some things out. Well, maybe that's how maybe like that's how they work. Deals. Maybe that's how they work. Maybe someone gets abducted, then you they. Meet someone else, and that person's now a target. They get abducted. No, because he's re- talking to this chick, and he's like, "This could be fucking lucrative. I'm gonna <laughs> write this fucking book. This shit happened to me. Let's get a sequel. Let's get a movie made." Yeah. 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 So I, after this point, you know, this alien being through her like wouldn't ask any more specific questions about the books. It was pretty much just all this stuff about like know yourselves, love is the answer, be careful of greed, and greed, greed, greed is bad, and just kind of back and forth with the investigators trying to get him to answer more stuff. But then they just kind of gave up because they're like, this guy isn't fucking telling us anything. So screw this. We're done. Like (laughs) um, the book at some point, she said would only last 10 days. Like that was it. Like, so the book disappeared after 10 days, just Just went to the ether self-destructed, whatever it's gone. This message will self-destruct in 10 specter gas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, I don't know why they gave her the book. If they put all this stuff in their head, I don't understand why they gave her the book that's going to be gone in 10 days. I don't, part of me just doesn't, doesn't What was get the that. point of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't get know. It. What's with blue books? This is pretty popular in this whole alien thing, eh? It's a great um, name. What's final thoughts on the Andreessen case? Conclude. Zell, you believe her? I feel like I'm on board with... Uh, sometimes when I think about aliens, I think that it is like a... a I like to think of it maybe like a simulation thing. If they could come down here and just pause you and put you in suspended animation without doing anything, I feel like that is like a computer code thing. Like this is like a a simulation theory thing. 
Like they come down, the aliens don't have to do anything. All of a sudden you're just paused. They just have to think at you. They can put thoughts right in your mind. It doesn't make physical sense as far as we know how shit works. So maybe this was a, maybe this is the creators of the simulation that's coming down, checking out their programs. Um, yeah, very much. I, I like that. Actually, I like it a lot. The one thing that I was thinking about that I, I found interesting was, you know, this description of these little uniforms uh, is very similar to like Barney and Betty Hill's description mm-hmm. and numerous others of the time is like, is these aliens wearing these, these little uniforms, right? Um, it, it makes me think that maybe it's to do with some sort of futuristic, like, um, cube, like time travel coming back in the past. They're doing tests, uh, doing tests on humans. That's It's because it's, it's our evolved selves, uh, coming back. That's why they, they they can kind of communicate with us because they would still understand some of the language and whatnot, you know, over history. Right. Uh, I just found it interesting that it's, you know, very similar descriptions of uh, these little dudes. I, I find the first half to be very interesting and believable. Cause like you have, you have one, you have one person who's like, yeah, maybe I saw some, maybe I didn't, I don't really want to answer any more questions. That's it. And then you have, you know, Betty that is spilling the beans and you have her daughter that is kind of cooperates a little bit. It's an interesting, there's a lot of information on this one. So it's definitely an interesting read for sure. Dan, what do you think? It's always difficult to kind of, for me to like, not to not believe something. She has a very detailed a very lengthy narrative all put together um, with this whole thing. But it's also 10 years after the fact. I know regressive hypnosis has kind of been put off as bunk. It's not really a thing anymore. Uh, people have kind of discredited it or, or whatever. It's it's not, doesn't seem to be very accurate or thing. I know they set them up with lie detectors and stuff like that. But they, even then, that's like, if you've already convinced, lie detectors aren't even that Accurate. It's not a lie. You can't. You believe it. You believe it. Right. Human mind um, is a powerful thing. There's just a lot of stuff in here. Like she doesn't answer really a lot of specifics about the stuff, especially these aliens. Like love, love is the answer. All that stuff. We it's bring like, you love. Like, anybody could say that. It's just Scary. yeah, duh. And and I don't know. I but I don't know why she would create this narrative because you know, they gave, they administered to her psychological tests or they said that they did and they she's not sane. crazy. Yeah. She's not, yeah, crazy. not crazy. They found, fa- they found her and her daughter both sane and to, yeah. And she know, never really as credible as credible can be. You know, when they asked her, you know, w- would you want to write a book about these things? Like, why don't you write a book? She, she never really thought about it. She's kind of like, it, you know, if you think it would help people or, you know, something like that, you know, I could, I could write a book, but she never seemed to really account. profit off of it. What? Like, yeah. yeah she, right. she, she, it's not like she's Travis Walton giving limp handshakes at every alien con you go to. The limpest right? handshake. Yeah, she does interviews and stuff, but it's just like, yeah. have you listened to her interviews know. though? Like she's, Every interview I listen to, she gets prompted the entire time by her fucking husband. Yes. Her new husband, I think. Her new husband. I will say I listened to some interviews with her with her new husband. And I think early on, Dan, like you said, she wasn't profiting from it. When she married her new husband, Bob Roca, Loca? Luca. 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 Yeah. Like, 
they do interviews with her and like I've listened to the coast to coast with her and like she's like she sounds very modest like she's just talking about her experiences and then her husband will be like yeah I had experience too let me tell you about mine and he butts in tells it and then like Andrew said he will prompt her the rest of the way so it's almost like he's seen the money signs and he's like we got to do that come on come on come on and he's just like remember when he saw this remember when he heard this huh and like this this narrative kind of changes and his story from what it sounds exactly was. like hers <laughs> yeah and then his story sounds the same like so it's it's very interesting to me like that dynamic i find her less credible like later on when he's she's with her in interviews i listened to um with her husband her now husband i didn't like i got a sour taste in my mouth but like from the readings and like that stuff, Dan, I 100% agree. Like she didn't, she she didn't really benefit from this in any way. I don't, I don't think anyone who has an abduction story at the time, like they don't benefit Travis from. Walton. No, at the very at the start though, they don't benefit. No, like, like the first when you first make that claim, especially back then, like all you're benefiting from is being called a fucking lunatic, crazy person. Yeah, and, and then maybe years later. Because of that, because you were called a crazy person and you maybe you lost your job or you couldn't gain employment because people knew your story, you're like, well, maybe I only have this one option left. Maybe I can only like sell this story and like write a book or I can do radio yeah. shows because it's all I got left. Andrew, but. what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I think? guess? Fake news? Um, or what? Is it all bullshit for you? Or This came out right around... Uh, same time as Close Encounters, the third kind, man. I don't, you know what though? I don't know. Like it's, I'm doing my best to open, to to broaden my horizon and give this kind of stuff a chance. But like, I, I don't know. The problem with all these stories is there's never anything tangible. And but there. how about yeah, there's how no about proof? This, how about like, this? She wrote in a year before. She wrote in a year before with her story. What? Right. What do you mean? Sorry. Say when, it again. When she when she first when there was like first the. She responded to the ad saying, "Like we're looking for people who may have had a UFO encounter." Oh, and so she wrote in. Saying, and she I wrote in. Mm. That no, was man, a year before, so this she would have wrote though. in like sometime in '76. I meet fucking like on a daily basis. I'll meet people at work being like, "Hey, man, like how's it going? Everything looks normal. You're in a normal house. Everything's good." And they're like, "Hey, we called you. We called 911 because there's microchips in my head and the government's controlling me." Maybe there fucking is. You all, but exactly. But it's like, oh, fucking, I don't know, man. I don't know anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> give me something. Like, I need to see something. I need to. Andrew doesn't know it's real anymore. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm really. The fucking world's trying. an illusion. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a simulation. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Let's it. wrap this one up, man. We, this has been a long. We end. went good, good case file. I great, like it. Great case. Really, at least you know what. There's a lot of details to her encounter. It just the oh, cre- the credibility is up for debate, but it's hashtag look it up. Yeah. Here's the bad news that we went this long and the bad news that uh, I've been gone so long. Um, the randomtron, it, it rusts up. I'm in this humid weather. I was gone for a week. I, I you know, I left it outside. You're lying. Got some rust. You need some. It, it chose a fucking category that you did not like and you got all diva-like and smashed it. Don't fucking lie. <laughs> this randomtron's been here for a couple of years. It's been acting up lately. She might be cooked. Yeah. We might have to fucking build a new one. Listen. Second thing, I'm not doing space news this week. We're not doing it now. Space news. We're not doing space news. We <laughs> went too long. You guys don't get it now. You don't get no fucking space <laughs> news because we told you about a cool UFO case that went way longer than anticipated. But we will tell you some new Patreons. 
You're not getting any space news because somebody called Zell a pinecone and he's upset. Yeah, it's, so pretty, it's done. That's <laughs> He did. Call him a pine cone. You call me a fucking pine cone, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, it didn't go over well. <laughs> pine cone, <sighs> potatoes, anything in like a round shape. It's not good. I just yeah. instantly hate it. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. You call, Do you call him a pear? Oh, oh baby. Man. Oh, pear. I'm a, I, know, I, don't, I don't mind pears, actually. Delicious. What about pear head? All right, pear head. Nah, pear head's fine. Doesn't, doesn't bother <laughs> me. Right. Anyways, new Patreon supporters this week. William... Van Tassel. Woo! Woo! Oh, we forgot the NBA theme song. Yeah, we don't, in. Now we can't play that because we'll get fucking sued. But Yeah. Leaf Weimer. Cole big, Barden. Big That's real. Matthew. Just John. Jennifer Fake Swope. It's a real name. Emily Johnson. Fake name. Fake Jonah name. Hayes. Joss. Real name. Jostad, fake. That's Made fake. that one up. Yeah, it's dumb. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, let's see you, you lose your creativity. NZ underscore Skunky fake. Buds. That's real. <laughs> real name. <laughs> That's real. What? When did we record last? Twenty. Oh, we got one more. I think. No, actually, that's it. That's done. New Patreon. All right, this guys. Week. Get on our Patreon. We got tons of stuff on there. Your boys got to go to the bathroom so bad. Long case. But as file. we always say at the end of those episodes. These episodes, some episodes, keep those eyes on the skies. Booyah.